Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Megan Kelly, welcome to the Megan Kelly Show. President Biden takes to the world stage. Speaking at the UN today, yawn. It comes as Vladimir Putin mobilizes more troops and threatens nuclear action. That's no yawn. Um, he seems to be seriously saber rattling now as his fortunes in Ukraine are going in the wrong direction. Keep an eye on that. Uh, the White House is, meantime, continuing to do cleanup over the president's comments about the pandemic, about Taiwan. And as it turns out, Scott Pelley did ask Joe Biden about Dark Brandon, the Dark Brandon speech. It's just 60 minutes. Didn't think that was important enough to share with you. No, they did not ask about the border crisis. That was not among the list of outtakes. However, Joe Biden was asked about the border crisis uh, yesterday at the White House, and we'll play you what he said. It continues to be a story. Uh, A number of migrants entering this country has reached an all time yearly high. I mean, we knew we were on track for it. Now it's official. Over 2.1 million people arrested along the southern border during this past 12 month period. Think about that. We're not even done with the 12 month period. I mean, it's it's stunning. Um, And we had a total meltdown in Martha's Vineyard over 50, 50. And now it turns out we're getting the numbers. Seventy eight of those people who were arrested while trying to cross our southern border. Seventy eight were on the terror watch list. Ah, nothing to fear. Joining me now, the guys from Ruthless, John Ashbrook, Michael Duncan, Josh Holmes, and the man known to his Twitter minions as comfortably smug together. They are ruthless in all the best ways. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Welcome back to the show, guys. Oh, it's so great. Thank you for having us. I always miss you, and I feel like it's been too long since the last time. 
I know it. I know it. You know? It's just like an old home week. Every time we do this, it just feels you know natural. It does feel natural. All right. So let's talk about the fact that we looked at the number 78 terrorists, people on the juror watch list, got in across our southern border this past 12 months. And you're like, OK, that's not good. And it's like, well, that's a lot. But how has it been um, in 2019? Guess how many? Zero. Zero. Wow. This is at least five times what it was just last year and something like 30 times what it was the year before that. Now you got zero in 29. I mean, it's a disaster. And yet we have our vice president who's in charge of this crisis saying the southern border is secure not to worry. Oh, I mean. Look, first of all, God bless Ron DeSantis for doing what he did with the Martha's Vineyard situation, because there are some of us like the Ruthless Variety Program and you, Megan, who cover this all year long, right? I mean, the crisis doesn't go away. And yet the mainstream media had absolutely no interest in covering this basically for the entirety of the Biden administration. And so this crisis persists. It means opioids in communities. It means human trafficking. It means just unspeakable things done to women and children at the border with coyotes and everything else. And yet nobody talks about it in the corporate media as if it's a problem. Well, now Ron DeSantis sends 50 migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Next thing we know, it's now a part of our conversation. God bless it because it, mm -hmm. it reveals the hypocrisy of of Democrats like they, they basically want to ignore this problem entirety until right. they show up in their favorite vacation destination. I call it the mm -hmm. taste of your own medicine strategy. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's where right. You basically you show the left the world that they pretend that they want to live in. Oh, you want open borders? Oh, you want amnesty? You want sanctuary cities? Well, now it's going to show up at your beach house. <laughs> Let's see how you handle it. You know, like exactly. the millions of people who live on this the border in this country who deal with it every day. And it's not just the crossings, right? It's, you know, it's the it's how it stretches social services, how it impacts schools. You know, I mean, the, the people on Martha's Vineyard have no idea what it takes to actually absorb this sort of population into your local community for more than 48 hours before you deport them. And, and that's the thing. So in Martha's Vineyard, they had 50 illegal aliens show up. And what did they do? This is among the wealthiest communities in this country. They set up a GoFundMe. Right. Because like this is a, this is an absolute crisis. They were happy to put up their sign that like in Martha's Vineyard, we believe that no one is illegal. They set up that's a GoFundMe right. so that for 40 hours they deal with 50 illegal aliens. And as you brought up, over two million have been arrested. Think of how many more have come through, you know, without being stopped. Two million compared to 50. So if for every migrant on Martha's Vineyard, there were 40,000 instead, that's what the situation is like in the border. But you don't see it from their beach house until Ron DeSantis brings it to them. Well, you know, it's not only wealthy. It's also a vacation community. And after August, that means there's vacancy. And let, yesterday on the Variety program, we looked at Airbnb and found out that there were 75 mansions on the beach with vacancy. <laughs> yeah. So for them to say that they had no room, there's no room in the end, it's completely like, oh, we have misleading. no infrastructure. We have the most luxurious amenities available <laughs> to mankind. I, I've never been to Martha's Vineyard. I'm sure it's a very nice place. I'd like to go there. It's truly they're like, you know, give us your tired, your hungry, your poor, your immigrants will take you. Come on, come on in. No problem. And they're like, oh, my God, get the hell out. Humanitarian crisis. Get out with the boot. And then they literally were saying they enriched our lives. We'll come oh, visit you. We'll visit you at the military base. I mean, that's the thing is when, when the situation became something they could actually see and deal with. I mean, there are, you know, the horror stories of what's going on in these border communities right now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I've shared one on the on the show personally. A friend of mine, uh, his family is actually from one of these border towns in Texas. His father is a physician there, and uh, a family friend owns a car dealership there. And his daughter was kidnapped by cartel members, taken back across the border, and he was told you have to give us five trucks, or your daughter's going to be killed. So there's no help. There's no help from 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 the administration. He gives him the five cars, and he gets his daughter back raped and beaten. And there's so many stories like this. There's an estimate that half the women who are who who come through illegally through the border have been sexually assaulted by these coyotes, by the cartels. This is human trafficking. This is not what the left is concerned with trying to say that, oh, you know, these these illegal migrants agree to be sent to Martha's Vineyard. Who among us would not want to get on a plane and be told you're going to Martha's Vineyard, right? (laughs) They will describe wandering around aimlessly in Texas. Yeah, they won't they won't talk about what the reality is like for people in these border towns who are dealing with this on, or the on, on or the basis. or the middle of the night flights that the Biden administration has been executing here over the past 18 to months. To my backyard, to my backyard, to Westchester, yeah. New York, uh, which is right in between New York City and Connecticut. Uh, and it's caught call on tape. They don't even deny it. We know they've been doing that. What about what about those? Is that cruel and unusual? Is that using people for political pawns? What is that? Because the Democrats seem to have no problem with it. That's it's totally. different because Democrats are doing it and the press <laughs> says there's nothing to different. see here. It's, yeah. it's different. It's different. Than they're doing. And also, also so that, liberals are just absolutely the most generous people in the world with other people's money. Right. Right. Yes. And other people's stuff. But as soon as it becomes their money and their stuff, emergency. Yeah. Wait emergency. a minute. How much money did they raise on the GoFundMe for the 48 hours that they had these migrants there? I mean, and so I, I did they it spend it on the migrants? Figures? Well, that's the, that's the, that's the wildest part. So it cracks six figures, and then they release a statement. They're like, "So the migrants were taken to a military base this morning. <laughs> However, we will hold on to these funds to take care of like community needs <laughs> in the future." Oh my god! Like, okay, great. It's, it's awesome. It's just, just in wild. case, just in case it's it happens wild. again. Case yeah. in case they come back. The, the 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 people of Martha's Vineyard, these millionaires, had a pass the hat program for the rest of the country to basically build up their rainy day fund. That is <laughs> incredible. Right. I mean, that's the Democrat Party today is you you have wealthy individuals who demand that taxpayers, working class Americans pay for their college debt. Now, working class Americans have to, in, in these border towns have to deal with an open border. All the consequences of what the liberals want has to be put on other people and they should be allowed to live in the lap of luxury. It's only fair, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, that's the competitive. We looked at this yesterday in Eagle Pass, Texas. They have a population of 147,000 people, and they had more illegal migrants than that come into Eagle Pass this past year, more than the population of the town. So Martha's Vineyard can take a seat and stop their whining about humanitarian crisis, by the way, a word they will not use, crisis, when it's just happening along the southern border. But 50 of them go to this Tony town in Massachusetts and it's a crisis. It's only, as you point out, a crisis when it it happens to the Democrats. But here's something I've got to run run by you guys. I listen in the mornings to, among other podcasts, The Daily, which is the New York Times daily offering. And today they took a deep dive into this, Martha's Vineyard and um, how humane everybody on Martha's Vineyard was to (laughs) these migrants and what a douchebag DeSantis is basically. (laughs) They didn't quite use that term um, for doing this, you know, the the sort of human uh, props and so on. And then here was the bottom line by the reporter 
who was speaking to Michael Barbaro about it. Here's her bottom line on how this is this is backfired on DeSantis and the Republicans. All right, listen. Lever has found a job working at concession stands, one of the migrants. soccer games, football games. He's he went to D.C. Sending money home to his seven year old son. He's bought himself a new cell phone. He's making plans to buy a car, hmm. a used car, a 2012 Honda Civic, but nonetheless a car so that he doesn't have to rely on public transportation. Mm-hmm. And after that, he plans to move out of the shelter where he has been living since I met him in late July. Find a place to live, either share an apartment with some other Venezuelans or rent a room somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he actually told me that he's grateful that he got on the Abbott bus to Washington. People like Lever are telling their friends as we speak that they found work, that they're doing well, and so others will follow. And in fact, as has been the case for decades, more people will hear the story and come to the U.S., Okay, so you see, there her point is Abbott and uh, Ducey and DeSantis will live to regret this because the immigrants are happy as clams. They get in, it's like they get jobs. They're like, you know what? It's awesome. They they give you a ride to D.C. They give you a ride to Martha's Vineyard. And what I was thinking to myself was this person doesn't understand at all why mm. these governors are doing it. A contrary to her left wing belief, they are not doing it to hurt the migrants, punish the migrants, and give them a miserable experience. They are trying to do that to Democrats. They are trying to do that to these sanctuary cities who feel none of the pain of having mass influxes of people, but have all of the virtue signaling that makes themselves sleep well at night. And I think the important thing that you really got to stress in this situation is there are many people, like my grandparents, who put in the time to legally come to this country. and. The process takes years when you want to follow the law. And when when you're coming to America and you want to live by the rules of the country you're coming to and become a good citizen and you believe in this country means you follow the laws of this country. And so while those folks wait patiently in line and do what's right. There's a reward right now from the Democrats for people to break the law. You should not be allowed to work if you break the law. These are this is a, a criminal act. To enter the country illegally. Imagine, you know, you enter countries illegally across this world. You don't get a job in a cell phone in a Honda Civic. <laughs> only yeah. only here right now. Well, have you seen what they do in this Australia? Administration excuses this and has created an open border policy. In Australia, I, just, I mean, you don't get past the border. It's like you will be put in, in what looks like hotel jail yeah. until you get out. Like you will not be enjoying uh, the, the Aussies company no. if you try to Ill- illegally Im- immigrate into Australia. But you know what they're doing right now? And President Biden spoke to this yesterday. I'm going to play a soundbite. He's basically saying this is different. These are Venezuelans. So they're fleeing. These are all refugees. And, you know, we don't have diplomatic relations with them. We can't send them back. And therefore, because I'm asking myself, how did this guy she's talking about get a job within a couple of weeks? Exactly. And um, is he paying taxes on his job? Is he like, is that a job an American could have had? Like, what's the story behind this guy gainfully employed two minutes after he got here? And um, Joe Biden dismissed this as a very, this is why 
he just wipes away 2.1 million illegal immigrants as follows. This is him at the White House. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's yesterday. I think it's on by six. Why is the border more overwhelmed under your watch, Mr. President? Because there are three countries that are never have, there are fewer, there are fewer immigrants coming from Central America and from Mexico. This is a totally different circumstance. What's on my watch now is Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua. And the ability to send them back to those states is not rational. You could send them back and have them wait. We're working with Mexico and other countries to see if we can stop the flow. But that's the difference. Thank you. Well, President, 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 sending uh, migrants to Delaware. Do you have any comment or response to that, sir? He should come visit. We have a beautiful shoreline. Oh, my God. DeSantis. Huh? DeSantis should come visit. So basically, <laughs> it's, they're all Venezuelans. That's why he has to let them across the southern border. That explains the entire 2.1 million. Well, he makes a good point. This is the first time in human history that Cuba has had refugees. So <laughs> he's the first president to ever have to deal with these kind of circumstances. And when he right. says that we're working with Mexico to see what they can do to help, there was something. It was called Stay in Mexico. That's yeah. it. Well, that's I mean, that the previous a- administration had a policy to create a secure border. And this administration willfully got rid of all of it and stranded all the governors in this country who are now desperately, desperately seeking for help. And, and, and what he's doing by attacking Governor DeSantis, Governor Ducey, Governor Abbott, who are trying to bring this attention. No one, no one in the media was talking about this crisis, absolute crisis that we have with an open border until these governors try to say, hey, listen, how about you try and share the burden? You think you're a sanctuary city, you think you're compassionate, share the burden that we're having every day in our communities. And now it's like, oh, wow, this is a stunt. I can't believe you would do this. President Biden needs to be allowed to enjoy the nice beaches of Delaware in peace. Why are we doing this, Ron <laughs> I just It sort of struck me, first of all, every time Biden turns around and walks back towards the microphone, <laughs> I guarantee his staff has like four valve heart failure. Like, oh, no. It's right. like, oh, my that, God. That's the moment you're believe. like, yes, watch. <laughs> right, right. So you tune in. But then, like, and you touched on this. The idea that somehow Nicaragua, Venezuela, and Cuba is a new problem in the world. It's just, it's amazing. Remember the, the Sandinistas in the 1980s? How about Hugo Chavez? Does that ring a bell? Like, I don't know, Castro. Maybe I, Seems like we've been dealing with this for quite some time, Mr. Well, President. Well, also, I believe the vice president was tasked specifically with going to these countries to solve the root. Uh, the root, the root yes, of the these, root. This crisis. Yes. Which is why she didn't have to go to the border itself, because she was going to the root. She was going to the root of the problem. Yes. The root. And and so <laughs> now that she's visited the root, <laughs> which was like 300, was it? She was the closest she got was 400 miles away from the border. Yeah. I think. yeah. But fortunately, yeah, a, the for roots, her, those roots are deep. Yeah, yeah, very deep roots. Roots. Fortunately <laughs> for her, there was a group of immigrants who showed up outside of the Naval Observatory, which is the mansion where uh, Kamala Harris is allowed to live. And she didn't do anything with them. I mean, I I don't know if you saw this video It was on TV and she had her motorcade just blow right past them. She didn't stop and give them Alito's pizza. She didn't try to help them get a Honda Civic or whatever the other lady from Barbaro's show was talking about. Like she didn't do a single thing except go down to the White House so she could ruin another thing about our country. Well, here's what you got to love. This is so this is quintessentially American because these Venezuelans uh, or whoever they were who were transported to Martha's Vineyard, they figured out right away how to be an American. File a lawsuit. That's what we do. We sue each other. It's amazing to me. So these this these 50 migrants. Well, there's a class action. 
There's a class action by the migrants who are flown to Martha's Vineyard on DeSantis's dime on a private jet. <laughs> They've sued uh, DeSantis and some other Florida officials saying that they were wrong. They were it was false imprisonment and it was negligent infliction of emotional distress. Their emotional <laughs> distress far more, they allege, than they experienced when they fled their countries of origin. The private jet into Martha's Vineyard, where they were then taken care of by these fat walleted locals who'd been given $100,000 by GoFundMe, was so traumatic, more so than fleeing allegedly Venezuela, that now DeSantis needs to pay them millions of dollars thanks to, of course, some far left progressive group that got its hands on these people as the progressives try to say, how dare you manipulate human beings as political props? I mean, of of course, it's supreme bullshit, right? I mean, of course, what they're talking about has absolutely no basis in reality. But what I find so hilarious is you get a bunch of ambulance chasing lefties Mm -hmm. that have sort of corralled these folks. And you're like, hey, man, I think we can get some cash out of this deal. And by by the way, I only collect when you collect. All right. So so I will do this. It's it's gratis. But, you know, it's a little something for the effort along the way. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Explain how 48 hours on Martha's Vineyard was more traumatic than being trafficked by a coyote over a thousand miles, you know, about it's like the women getting ridiculous. raped. I mean, like, it's just absurd and frivolous. But of course, I mean, this is what, you know, what you expect from the left. What I find particularly interesting about the issue of immigration, these blue states, you know, when when we were having a lot of discussions about taxes and COVID back during the Trump administration, you had a lot of these blue state uh, members of Congress talking about maker states and taker states. And of course, the taker states are the red states that don't pay their fair share, right? Well, I can't think of a single issue in this country where the red states have to take all of the burden mm-hmm. and you have these blue states who have no idea what the cost is for this to absorb 21 million people. It's yeah. just insane. Yeah. Yeah, and I That's wonder. It's I wonder. A, it's a good move. Go I, ahead, Josh. I wonder a lot about the worldview of people who become incensed that you have transported migrants to, you know, a blue state, blue community, and think that that is basically a humanitarian crisis, but don't actually see the root problem here as President Biden during the campaign and Kamala Harris and basically all Democrats promising. Future migrants, not only will they be welcomed at the border, but they'll be assisted, right? Free health care. I mean, we heard we heard them talk about this in the debates and yep. you saw that first couple waves of of a crisis building after they took out remain in Mexico policy, stopped the building of the wall and everything else. You, you actually asked them and they're like, well, yeah, I mean, we heard the now president of the United States say that they would welcome us with open arms. And what's resulted in that is a humanitarian crisis. They are directly responsible for the for the rapes, for the maltreatment of children, from the coyotes, mm-hmm. from the drugs in the communities all across this country. Th- that is a direct line I responsibility. Think, I think they want it that way, just as we see with the other policies, like the way that they get the Green New Deal done is they destroy the energy markets. They make gas unaffordable. Yep. Right. Like the pain is the point. And it, I think it's the 100%. same thing, the same thing with immigration. They want to overwhelm the system so that, you know, our public policy debate is basically like, well, we, our hands are tied. There's nothing we can do. We're yep. going to have to have blanket amnesty for 21 million people because they showed up. What can we do? Of course, we encouraged it for years, but part of that, the destruction is the point. Yes. Yeah. Well, creating the crisis so that inaction becomes the solution. Right. The messaging we're getting is exactly as you just said, Josh Holmes. It's it's um, 
this is inhumane. These Republicans are heartless because they think that's what's going to appeal to their base. Here's Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre on Morning Joe. Oh my God, what a combo. Oh, <laughs> Yesterday morning, listen. The president talks about how it's important to treat this people morning. with dignity. And what you're seeing from Governor DeSantis is inhumane. Uh, it is not solving a problem. It is not a solution. It is causing uh, chaos and confusion. And these are people who are who are fleeing communism. I, I don't even know where to begin processing all of that. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what uh, voters have processed that bullshit. Latino voters in this country have processed that bullshit and they support Republicans in this midterm election. Yeah. And I think that this is not something that Democrats really thought was going to happen, but it's something that's happening in states all across the country. You have Latino voters moving in record amounts to Republicans because they want change. They it, want an it, economy it, that works. It was a horrible. They're tired of the bullshit. It, it was horrible that the Democrats somehow thought that, well, Latinos must support illegal immigration. What's the exact opposite? Like, right. I mean, what kind of expectations are you saying that? Like, yes, uh, we think this community will like uh, people who break the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awful. Like, that's unbelievable. Let's, they made let, that let's talk about dignity for a second. If you want to treat the Latino community in America with dignity, don't assume that they support people breaking the law. Don't assume also, they want to be called Latinx. Yeah. They don't, don't, don't call them. Don't, don't call them tacos either. Don't do not right, compare them right, to tacos. Right. Right. Take a lesson, Mrs. Vice President or Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Uh, First lady, um, excuse me, doctor. doctor, doctor. Sorry, you're right. Doctor, doctor, first lady. Um, so th I love that it's inhumane to send these immigrants to Washington, D.C., to New York City, to Chicago, to, you know, all these great towns. OK, so that's inhumane. Or is it just DeSantis sending the 50 to Martha's Vineyard? Because no one's saying Martha's Vineyard is bad. What they're saying is he didn't give any notice. You know, I guess Abbott and Ducey will give the I, well, receiving tax. Like, but I'm just wondering whether does does uh, Eagle Pass get notice when the you know, when when the migrants run across the border? Does does the, the people on the other side of the Rio Grande get a bunch of notice when people are coming here and they're drowning? We watched a boy almost drown to death yesterday on camera. Is that humane by telling them it's open borders? We've, Fox News has got the guys on, on tape saying, yeah, it's open border. We understand it's an open border. People are dying. They're getting raped, as you point out, Michael. How is that humane? You, you want to focus on these 50 migrants who were treated like kings and queens for 48 hours before they got the boot by by Martha's Vineyard res residents. Let's look at the bigger picture, but they won't. Well, I mean, it is inhumane in the sense that, it, it, you know, as she described, these are people escaping communism and then they're being sent to D.C. and New York. We're finding <laughs> the biggest proponents of communism in the Western Hemisphere. So it could be inhumane. That in that, familiar. that is. That is particular. Let me just like flip on, flip it on its head for a minute. And what she's talking about is being inhumane on on what Governor DeSantis did. Let me just suggest that if what Governor DeSantis did results in liberals in this country and you know people in this administration recognizing the fact that there is a border problem and actually trying to help Republicans solve it. The guy should win a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. Right. That's because right. at this point, there's only only been one party that says anything. But there is no border security problem in this country. If that just changes a half inch, give the guy the Nobel Peace Prize because you will have achieved something that nobody else can. Um, I do want to ask you about another thing on Joe Biden and uh, his comments over the past couple of days. And we'll go back to the Korean thing. I'm just asking my team if they have this thought. Um, Joe Biden was uh, 
wait, no, no, no. Did you hear the Corinne Jean-Pierre yesterday on like trying to say the border was secure, guys? Oh, God. I, Did I, you hear I, it? I, I mean, no. black it out. I don't even know. No. Oh, my God. It was the worst. I mean, I'll give her points. She was talking on Morning Joe. She didn't have her notes there. She said all that, you know, it's, morning, so. <laughs> it's, <laughs> but she, she did that without her little note card and, and actually managed to string two sentences together, two sentences together that, that made some sense. Um, anyway, she tried to argue that the border is secure the other day and it was her worst soundbite ever. We'll pull it over and I'll play it for you in one second. But as we wait, uh, it turns out that Joe Biden was asked about the dark Brandon speech by Scott Pelley. We pointed out in the broadcast yesterday. He wasn't. It didn't make the piece. Well, maybe even worse than that. Pelly felt the need to ask about it. And then the editors at 60 Minutes were like, no one cares about Dark Brandon. Oh, we got it. OK, uh, Stammer, I say hold on on Dark Brandon because I just got to show you Kareem Jean-Pierre on whether the border is secure. Watch this, please. Does the White House stand by those comments that the border is secure? What we stand by is that we are doing everything that we can. Uh, to make sure that um, uh, that we follow the process that's been put forth. That, that's why we have uh, historic funding uh, to do just that, to make sure that, um, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, to make sure that, um, to make sure that uh, the folks that we encounter at the border be removed uh, or expelled. Uh, and Morning Joe said, Let, let's book her. <laughs> I think she took some speaking lessons from Kamala Harris on that oh, one. Didn't it sound like a brutal? It, it sounded Does, like yeah. uh, the vice president. Yeah, where she 100%. starts a sentence and meanders and has no idea how she's going to finish it, but for some reason keeps talking. <laughs> I, I, I got to give Ashford credit. He points out consistently how easy it is to be like a Democrat communications oh, staffer. Easiest job in, the, you, in this whole business. You could it write a press release. Job. You could write a press release in crayon. And the media, would, <laughs> the media would write it up and, word for word. Like, wow, know, Michelangelo Sistine Chapel's got nothing on it. The, the morning, the morning Joe interview is a perfect example. I mean, there she is just saying her talking point, and Mika's like, "Oh yes, yes, yeah. great point." Yeah. And it's like, what is this supposed to be like? News television. I mean, it's it's emblematic of of Biden's campaign, where he just hides, and the media carries him across as much as they can. And now we have a crisis, a, a legitimate humanitarian crisis happening on our southern border. And the media is yet again scrambling to try and hold this administration together when Americans with their own eyes are now seeing how awful it is. People in Martha's Vineyard are now seeing for the first time with their own eyes how awful it is. And I think it shows so much that this administration has zero answers. When she's up there stammering and flipping the pages for 30 seconds, you're your Pretty job is supposed to communicate what this administration's position is if they have a position and the lack of one creates the crisis. Well, wait, wait, yes, wait. yes or no question. How, yes or no question. How does this administration reconcile that answer, right, with the footage that we still see every single day from the border? Bill Malugin from Fox has been doing a great job. Incredible job. He I, has I saw the video job. of literally hundreds of migrants just walking down the yep. side of a highway in Texas. Mm -hmm. are, are those people being expelled and removed? What about the people who are like dying in the back of these trucks? That's right. that's made yeah. big news twice over the past six months where you've got some, up to 100 migrants dead in the back of a truck because they're left there. So they, somebody ditches them. It's 100 degrees out. They have no food or water and they die. I don't remember I mean, her weighing in on that. Dying in there from heat from, from the heat. Right. With your family. Yeah. No, imagine where's the horror of that? Where's they consider themselves a humanitarian? Megan, Megan, where's their cla class action lawsuit? Yeah, oh, they exactly. don't get where's one? this liberal group there? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no. no, exactly right. All right. So listen, um, I'll save Dark Brandon and uh Pally asking 
Biden about it. And you wait until you hear his his defense on it. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Guys, Scott Pelley did ask Joe Biden about the Dark Brandon speech. And I want you to, we cut a little bit longer soundbite, okay? Because he asks him about conflating what Scott Pelley seems to understand is the evil MAGA Republicans with like the normal Republicans. (laughs) And Biden kind of tries to deny that he does it. And in this clip is a clip of Dark Brandon. So it's important to listen to what Biden actually says in that clip within this clip. Watch. You'll understand. Sir, in your Philadelphia speech recently, you warned of MAGA Republicans, those who attacked the Capitol. But later in the speech, you conflated them with people who disagree with you on abortion. And I wonder if you... No, I do not. That's a misreading of my speech. It's a fundamental misreading of my speech. Well, sir, you talked about the right to choose. You talk about the right to conception. You talk about the right to marry the person you love. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. I was making a speech about the state of affairs and the Republican Party and us. I wasn't just talking about MAGA Republicans. The MAGA Republicans are the people who say, refuse to acknowledge that an election took place and there was a winner. The MAGA Republicans are those people who, in fact, say that the use of violence is a legitimate tool like what happened to the Capitol. They're the MAGA Republicans. You can't call yourself a democratic republic and support violence internally against the government and at the same time talk about not recognizing the outcome of the election is overwhelmingly agreed to be legitimate. Do you fear that speech created more division than unity in the country? No, I don't fear that at all. I think a significant portion of mainstream Republicans know it to be true and agree. <laughs> all over the board. So first of all, Pelly says you conflate MAGA Republicans with people who support, you know, who are pro-life. Absolutely not. You're you're misrepresenting my speech. Then you hear the speech where he clearly says MAGA forces are determined to take this country back to the place where you had no right to choose. Now, that's clearly tying MAGA Republicans to the pro-life movement. If you're a pro-lifer, you're a MAGA Republican who's an election denier. That's clear. That, that was the takeaway by many people on the right who listen to this, even never Trumpers, even like some pals I listened to at the Dispatcher, National Review, who don't like Trump were kind of like, yo, bullshit. You know, bullshit. We may not be Trump fans, but don't lump us in with election deniers just because we're pro-life. So that's what Pelly was trying to push him on. I absolutely did not do that. I did not do that. And then on the out, Biden basically says, well, all Republicans are bad. What I'm trying to say (laughs) is, I'm really just 
in, in I'm fairness, really trying to tell you they're all bad. <laughs> in fairness, Megan, this president has a long and demonstrated record of having absolutely no memory of what he said. Uh, <laughs> this has been this has been an entire presidency filled with uh, senior moments. Yeah, where yeah. where he's like, no, 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 I never said that. Like, well, I mean, here's the tape. I mean, the funny thing is, is in the same the the most notable omission of what he actually said happened six months ago when he said he would use forces in Taiwan right. if China yeah. had, had an incursion. And then the White House had to walk it back, walked it back. But then he was asked directly after that. And he said, no, I never said that. And then yes, now in the same interview, they were talking about that question happened again. Right. And he said, and he the, gave same the same answer. Thing. I mean, he literally the only plausible answer to any of this is he has no clue what it is that he ends up saying. The, the, the he, Biden no, doctrine. I think he knows exactly what he's saying. And he just his daddy's at the White House. Keep trying to dial it back. It's like it's like me. No, Thatcher cannot have a play date on Sunday. Yes, I can. Mom, I set it up. No, he cannot. Joe, Joey cannot play members of the media. We will not play in Taiwan. It's embarrassing. The the entire Biden doctrine is dependent on which synapses are firing in his brain that day. <laughs> oh my God, it's Drawing clocks. Can I tell you something? This isn't even going to work because there was a poll just out today. Um, I'm trying to think uh, who put it. Oh, it was a new Harvard Caps Harris poll that asked about this term MAGA Republicans. And the question was, are you more concerned about the socialist left in America and the power they're gaining or more afraid of MAGA Republicans and the power they're getting? Just 45 percent said we're more concerned with MAGA Republicans. Fifty five percent said way more concerned about the socialist left. Wow. Yeah. Boy, that is telling. I mean, that is so telling. And I got to be honest with you, like as your typical kid growing up in America, whenever I heard the clock on 60 minutes or for 60 minutes on Sunday afternoon, that's how I knew the fun was over. That yeah. Football was done and Monday was on <laughs> around the corner. Yep. But this interview was special. And like, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that uh, that Pelly and, and company didn't include this particular clip on the broadcast version. But there were a lot of bangers in that broadcast version. I mean, you had Biden saying incredibly stupid things over and over and over again. And and to your point, Megan, I, I'm even though the media is their friend, I'm shocked that they put him they put him in front of this uh, in this interview because he just did not look good. Well, I think mm -hmm. I think the reason why the media is doing that to Joe Biden right now is because I think the media recognizes that this argument, this painting with a broad brush about, you know, you know, these MAGA Republicans, they they're, they're going to take over our country and every, you know, Republicans are domestic terrorists. And they realize that that rhetoric and that argument is a party that's in its death throes ahead mm -hmm. of the midterm. Yes. That if that's what their argument is for why you should reelect united Democratic control of Washington, yeah. that it's not going to work. And so the media, I think, is sort of refereeing that argument a little bit because they know it's going to fail. Well, the more they can put Trump in the news, the better, as they see. Right. So that's why we had Dark Brandon and them trying to, you know, tell the world that all Republicans are part of MAGA Republicans and, and bad and evil and you need to vote against them. But I, I don't know. It feels to me like these Senate races we're watching are getting tighter. You know, mm. Carrie Lake, who the media has universally tried to demonize running for uh, Senate out in Arizona, is now at least even like even mm -hmm. when she was like, 12 points behind the Democrat. Go out uh, there. Governor. She's running for governor. Yeah. Governor. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. OK. Um, 
So anyway, these these races are tightening as the Trump Mar-a-Lago thing drifts from the news and they'll do whatever they can to get Trump back in the news. And that leads me to today where Tish James, the attorney general of New York, has now filed a civil fraud case against the Trump organization, Donald Trump. Uh, I think it's also against Eric Trump, Don Jr. and Ivanka Trump, where she's going to allege that they committed some sort of a fraud. She's been sniffing around on this for the better part of a year. This is the case in which Trump uh, asserted his Fifth Amendment rights not to testify at his deposition because he's accurate that she wants to come after him and he chose not to give her any fodder. But anyway, um, so she's filed a case against him and his kids trying to claim that they they overstated the value of their assets in order to get better deals. I don't know what they'll, they'll that'll play out. It's a civil case again, not criminal. Um, but at the same time, you got a poll coming out of Florida showing for the first time I can remember. You guys are much closer to it. Um, Trump is losing to DeSantis among GOP voters in Florida by seven by eight points. I think it is. I think it's 48 percent for DeSantis, 40 percent for Trump. And in January, it was the reverse. It was Trump 47 and uh, DeSantis, I think, 40. So it's been a 14, 15 point swing in Florida in favor of Ron DeSantis over Trump. So is the nonstop focus on Trump working? And is it working to if it's working for I don't know, but I don't know if it's working for Biden, but is it actually working for DeSantis? Well, I, look, I think these are two separate issues, Megan. The, the first issue, which concerns me a lot and not even touching the substance of all of these various investigations or prosecutions against Trump entities. It is amazing to me that for somehow all of these things and what they're talking about with this this latest uh, litigation are things that happened like years, if not decades yes. previous. It is amazing that all of this has all been sort of sitting around for as long as it has until within 100 days of an election. Bingo. All of a sudden, you have a, a deep concern about classified information that for a year and a half was apparently sitting in the at Mar-a-Lago and nobody had any concern about it until 100 days before an election, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody, Tish James and all these various uh, investigations into Donald Trump and his businesses. That's been around forever, but all of a sudden we're 60 days within an election and that becomes a big issue. If you're an American, and I don't care what your opinion is, if Donald Trump or anything else, if you're an American, boy, that does it feels an awful lot like a political agenda within the confines of our justice system. And there is nothing, and I mean nothing, more dangerous to the survival of our republic And they like to talk about our democracy a lot over there. There is nothing more dangerous than the idea that the average American thinks that their government will prosecute you entirely with a political agenda if you just so happen to have some opinions they disagree with. And I mean, I think that's the most clear cut case that we have right here with Tish James, where, I mean, there was a video that went viral. Of in, in Manhattan, a guy is swinging a hatchet, attacking yes. people inside of McDonald's. Okay. Yes. And then and now he's back out. He's back out on the streets. All right. But they're worried about how do we how do we file cases against Republicans right right during uh, election season? That's mm-hmm. the focus. Your job is, is supposed to be defending the public from criminals, and what they're trying to do is attack their political enemies. Her priorities are 100% based on politics, 0% based on what is good for the public of New York. People there every day are dealing with crime. It's unspeakable. Like when you go to New York City, it's it's still to this day a shell of its former self. It still hasn't come back. right now. People there are no. terrified. 
Well, and speaking of focus, and I think this answers the second part of your question, Megan, you know, the reason why Ron DeSantis, I think, is sort of going up in these national polls for 2024 is because of his focus, right? He is focusing on all of the issues that animate the Republican Party, Mm -hmm. and he's actually fighting and winning on these issues. You look at issues like schools, you look at issues like immigration, and he has that sort of combative nature to him where he's taking on the media in a way that, frankly, a lot of Republicans have failed at. You know, mm-hmm. that they've accepted the framing don't, of the Don't you find media. it extraordinary that in Florida, in Florida, Trump would be losing to DeSantis? I realize DeSantis is governor of Florida, but Trump is, you know, he's at Mar-a-Lago. It's like, that seems to me like deep Trump territory. I, I, um, I think it does, does, it does seem to me there's a way it, forward like, for DeSantis if these numbers are real. Go ahead. I, I think just as Duncan described, like DeSantis has a huge advantage in the sense that he's in a position as as the governor of Florida to be able to take on these issues, but it's a lot of credit to him that he is completely focused on these issues. What matters to the people? What matters to the voters of Florida? He's going head on right after. Like every story that you read about Ron DeSantis is not about Ron DeSantis, it's about Ron DeSantis did this thing. That's and the true. thing that he did is attacking an issue that the voters in Florida that's concerned right. with. Well, that's, right. that's exactly right. One of the great things that Donald Trump did for our party was show so many people how to fight, mm-hmm. how to take it to the press, how to take mm-hmm. it to the enemies. And what Ron DeSantis is doing right now is just that. And he's leading, he's showing people. And, you know, uh, Megan, you know, in journalism, it's so much more powerful to show than to tell. And that's what Ron DeSantis seems to be doing over and over and over again. It's sort of like what Trump did over and over and over again in 2015. There's also this old maximum maxim in politics where you're never going to have a successful case to, to voters by focusing on the rearview mirror, right? Almost everybody looks forward either to change or to help build on something they agree with. It's always a perspective vision, right? And I, I've said this for over a year now with former President Trump, his omni-focus on the 2020 election will gradually become more and more out of step with even Republican voters who agree with him on the case that he's making because things change, right? The economy becomes extremely critical to middle-class families and trying to figure out how you're going to pay for groceries, right? Illegal immigration is something that I mean, if you're not a border, border town, dealing with an opioid ac- epidemic or human trafficking is a real issue. So, And some of these cultural things that DeSantis has talked about with Disney and with the, the schools and, and everything in, in Florida, like all of those things are experiences that people are living in real time, right? And that is so much more powerful to your average individual voter than something that happened two years ago and you mm. feel crummy about. It's true. It's just the way it makes voters feel like, oh, he gets what I'm going through. He understands what's happening in my school district or at the border or all these things that DeSantis is touching on, whereas Trump has been a one trick pony for two years now, obsessing over the election. And even if you believe he he had it stolen from him, I'm not in that camp. But even if you believe that, at some point, you have to see what a terrible strategy this is for somebody like Trump who may want to run again. Now, let me run this by you. Talk to a guy who used to be high up in the RNC, right? And he said, Trump's not going to run again. Trump just can't say that he's not going to run again. Um, and he said he would never declare anyway, because as soon as he declares, like right, if he were to declare tomorrow uh, on, on the chance that he is going to run again, 
um, the RNC could no longer pay his legal bills. They couldn't support him with his legal bills because the RNC has to stay neutral. So they can't be funding one guy's legal bills. So that, that I thought that was kind of interesting that like Trump will have to delay if he's going to announce that he's running as long as humanly possible because he's got a lot of legal bills. But the, but it was this guy's strong belief that he will not run again, that he's too worried about losing. Well, to my understanding, I think the RNC has stopped paying those bills. I think it was unfortunately right around the time that uh, this latest, you know, case against Trump came up right before that is when I think uh, some kind of like time period lapsed or whatever. The RNC is no longer paying for his attorneys that it's now being paid by the outside group that that Trump manages. Yeah, the Save America PAC actually picked Save up America an extraordinary bill in this latest report in terms of legal. I think it was their largest expenditure. Because the Dems just keep going after this guy. They right. just keep suing him. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, look, Megan, I, I think I don't know what the motivation is. I do know that Donald Trump and his supporters very much want him to be a part of the conversation. Right. And I, I think that's why he continues to be involved. I doubt very much that he's going to recede from the national scene in no. one way or another. Either he runs or he's going to have an instrumental role in, in that nomination process. Yeah, well, I don't. And, th- I mean, what Republican w- could win if they didn't get his blessing? Yeah, I mean, we'll find out, right? I mean, and th- I think that's the answer that everybody's is looking for: is what happens. I mean, ultimately, is a Ron DeSantis somebody who captures the imagination of the Republican Party? You know, Trump or not? And I, I just don't know the answer to that yet. Mm. Yeah, you got to get you got to get a scenario where Trump, if if the Republicans want to win with somebody other than Trump, where Trump endorses the guy because that core MAGA group, I don't think they go with anybody other than Trump without the the famous thumbs up from their leader. All right, stand by because the next block is going to be the best block. We have to get to Don Lemon. We've got to get to Sonny Hostin on The View taking an unbelievable shot at Nikki Haley. We've got to get to the man with the huge breasts in Canada. There's a lot to go over. All right, (laughs) stand by as the guys from Ruthless stay with us. And don't forget, you can find this show, The Megyn Kelly Show, live on Sirius XM Triumph Channel 111 every weekday at noon east. Our full video show and clips are on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Megyn Kelly. That's a good way to catch up on some fun highlights. If you prefer the full audio podcast, just listening while you work, follow and download on Apple, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast for free. And you can also get a weekly email from me with all the updates on the news and my damn dog at megankelly.com. There's more to tell. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt at 3 a.m. at all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. There's so much to get to. So the ladies of The View decide to talk about Nikki Haley 
Sonny Hostin takes a shot at Nikki Haley yesterday because they're talking about, I think, who could either run for president or be a running mate. And uh, somebody throws out Liz Cheney. Of course, the view is going to say she could be the Republican. Liz Cheney, sure. Um, or or uh, Nikki Haley. And Sonny Hostin takes that discussion here. Listen. I think that Nikki Haley was incredibly effective governor of South Carolina. Carolina. A lot of people don't go by their actual real name. What is her name? I believe it's, um, I don't want to mispronounce it. It's, it's Indian, but she, she's but her background's she Indian. Necessary, you know, I think if she leaned into... A ton of people don't go by their color a, name. I wouldn't be shocked that as somebody, an Indian woman growing up in South Carolina at that time, she actually did to avoid prejudice. So I just want to be careful about critiquing yeah, her there, for going by the name some, There are some of by. us that can be chameleons and decide not to embrace our ethnicity so that we can pass. Sunny, I don't so that think that's fair. Have, you go by a different name. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be the one to say it. But. Americans can't pronounce Asuncion because of the oh my god (laughs) the hypocrisy is just unbelievable i saw you touch your head duncan i want i want to go in on this one so number one Alyssa farah who we all know is a horrible rhino who would sell anything for cash (laughs) anything in the store is available for cash of course she's not an effective republican communicator because she said straight up a lot of people go by different names nikki haley is her legal name it's on her birth certificate all right so that's that's point number one number two is as they pointed out, Sonny doesn't go by her actual name. I don't that's know what because Americans are too to dumb, that. smug. Did and, you hear and that? Alyssa at the being end? like that. That's Alyssa why the clip is so like, perfect. Well, South Carolina is a red state. Of course, the people that are racist. Who the hell? Like, of course, the only reason they will allow a quote Republican on that show is if they're declawed house cat that they can throw around. <laughs> yeah, so and that's true. Alyssa oh Farah's job. She was willing to sell her soul for that much, right? And to get that point wrong about well, maybe she made up her name. Nikki Haley is her legal name. It's on her birth certificate. And okay. Sonny, Sonny's not that woman's name. As Bingo. You saw in the clip. No, I mean, but, here, but Duncan, here's what's so crazy about it. So so th- this is why I love the clip so much, because at the end, Sonny's like she, so one of them points out, you know, Sonny's not your legal name. And she's like, that's because uh, no one in America can pronounce Ascension because of the, the ill education that we. <laughs> so you, it's America's fault. Like Imagine. we're racist. And we're stupid and we're poorly educated. That's why she had to go with Sonny. But Nikki Haley just chose to pass. And that's why she went with Nikki. So Nikki Haley responds. I, I, that's how I was like, oh, shots fired. Shots fired. Nikki Haley tweeted out yesterday in response to this clip. Thanks for your concern, Sonny. It's racist of you to judge my name. Boom. Nikki is an, is an Indian name and is on my birth certificate. And I'm proud of that. What's sad is the left's hypocrisy toward conservative minorities. By the way, last I checked, Sonny is not your birth name. Oh, my God, I'm dying. Get her. <laughs> That's it right there. It is it, it just remarkable lack of self-awareness for this woman, Sonny, whose name is not Sonny, to be critiquing Nikki Haley, whose name is Nikki, for not representing her culture. I mean, just incredible. But in case that wasn't sort of the the, the coup de grace, this segment was ended by Whoopi Goldberg, uh, whose birth name is not Whoopi Goldberg. Right? No, no. I mean, this whole thing is just absolutely amazing. It's, not- it's like a perfect storm of hilarity. It's nor is AOC. AOC, you, right? AOC you, is Sandy. You, you, you could That's not. Right. You could not even write if you were in the writers' room of SNL. You couldn't write this skit and get it on the air. They'd say this one. There's no way this is real. How do they? I mean, honestly, I, I mean this sincerely, and I, I guess people do watch The View. Which is amazing to me because it's like you get this level of intellect on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, that's it's got to be doing something to you, right? 
But like, how does this show persist in a way that like producers and everybody else are like, good point, ladies, this is really extraordinary content. Thank you. So, or do they just not care? I mean, you tell me, Megan, because you're, you, you have way more experience in this line of work than we will ever have. How can they look at that and be like, well, this is a solid product? <laughs> it's like, first of all, they're hearing their own politics reinforced. So they're like, yeah, right on. Yes. Killed it. Knocked it out of the park. So that's the entire producing staff there uh, is on the team of Sonny and Whoopi and Joy Behar. So they love it. Um, and then secondly, it's like 11 o'clock in the morning and there's shit on. So it's like, you're good. You're like, what are you up against? Absolutely nothing. You're fine. Don't worry. You don't have to worry about ratings. This is basically a place filler until we get to the content content that we actually care about. I just can't get over the fact that Sonny Hostin basically says, I had to change my name because Americans are too racist and stupid to pronounce Ascension. But Nikki Haley did it because she's some scumbag minority trying to pass as white like the incendiary nature of what she said with just exactly. like, I mean, no calling her a chameleon. She? she called her yeah. a chameleon, a chameleon. That's and then, an absolute slur. And then Alyssa Farah is going to get up tomorrow and go on the show again. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I just cannot imagine any Republican sitting through that segment in person and then going back to the show the next day and, and cashing yeah. a paycheck. I mean, no, it's just Alyssa it, Farah it. wants to be a star. She does not oh. want to be true to any ideals that she may or may not. Have had. Sorry, Michael, keep going. Well, I just, you know, I think it's it's a show where she's paid to show up every day and lose the argument. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah, can't imagine right. that being part of your life. In that in yeah. that sense, well cast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> D Claude Cat was pretty good. I gotta say, Smug. Yeah. I think that nails it. All right. So much other fun to move on to. Speaking of um, I don't know. There's so many places to go with what I was about to say. Uh, let's just move on to Don Lemon. OK, <laughs> I don't need a long wind up. Don Lemon is in the news because he's been booted off of his primetime show. Shocking <laughs> with the ratings he was pulling in. He's been booted off as his primetime show, but they couldn't fire the guy. So they turfed him to the morning, which is oblivion on in cable news, right? <laughs> Unless you're Fox and friends, you got nothing going on. Morning Joe, nothing going on. Certainly CNN has absolutely nothing going on, never has. Um, so they turfed him to the morning show where he's gotten two co-hosts, not one, but two co-hosts. So let me just tell you for the record, when you go from solo anchoring your own primetime show to the early morning where you have two other anchors, it's not a good day. Now, that's not a good thing. But you would not know that if you heard Don Lemon talking about his new big move, because according to him, this is a promotion. Listen. I was presented with an opportunity that I can't pass up at this network, and I am honored that he asked me to do it. And for all of those who are out there saying, oh, he moved me and without my, he asked me and I said yes. I could have said no, but I was not demoted. None of that. This is an opportunity. This is a promotion. This is this is um, an opportunity for me to create something around me, and I get to work with two great ladies. Oh my god! Oh That's my god. So I an opportunity for me to create something around me. Around me? <laughs> you mean a bit more about you than your own show with just you? Because that, that doesn't. Can I just well, tell you? It. There's like, only one to... proper response to that claim. Only one. We pulled the entire clip. It's from the movie, not the original show. Watch. That's funny. I've never heard of a George Glass at our school. That's because he's a transfer student. He came in the last week of school. He's really good looking, and he thinks I'm super cool. Sure, Jan. 
<laughs> oh, that's great! Sure, sure, Jan, it's a perfect sure, way Jan. to handle that. What? How, I'm remarkably self-absorbed to think that like your average viewer is tuning into CNN and wants to know like the inner workings, minutia, my of, thoughts. Like, you know, my thoughts on where I get assigned to you know to do a show. It's just incredible. Oh, I mean, incredible. I think it was up to I me. What we saw is just like a slice of trauma where he's got to walk through. Yes. He's just been told, you know, the new leadership's like your show is absolute garbage. You're, you're going to be fired or, you know, maybe we can throw you on some morning show. And he was like, so I was presented with an opportunity. He's <laughs> <laughs> going to get CNN the hell out of the got... building or do, do some like piddly morning show. And he's like, wow, what an opportunity. <laughs> right. And now CNN has got two, actually three. I think Lemon Show may have been two hours, three hours of its prime time vacant. And I got to say, I'm liking it a lot better. <laughs> honestly if it was just those cable bars you know the color bars yes. two and a half hours i don't think it would do any worse in the ratings to be honest i mean it, it's been an absolute train wreck for years but okay, you know what the, the, go ahead i was gonna say that the the thing that it traced back here is when chris licked uh the now ceo took over at cnn he was saying basically we're gonna try to get back into the news business which is easier said than done at cnn because it's been this way for a long time and they kind of like systematically worked his way through the staff right the, yeah the potato brian stelter got the axe john harwood got the axe they start you know and they're like working their way down <laughs> and like lemon I think, I mean, frankly, Lemon should be absolutely thrilled that he's got the morning show. I figured he was like a first round draft pick to get out of the, out of the lick. You, you know what I'm really oh, going to look forward silly, to is that man. like, it, essentially, it's become a tradition now at CNN that their New Year's show is all their anchors get drunk and yes. overshare. Yes. I yeah. can't yeah. wait till Lemon actually says like, so he walks up and says, you're a clown. He's going to throw me at the building. And I accept an offer for a morning show. Like his drunk rant on New Year's is going to be incredible. That's what I'm looking <laughs> oh forward God. to. But I, I mean, hope, it's I so, hope, Holmes, does you that know the that they, they cannot fire Don Lemon for the very reason that Don Lemon said himself when Chris Lick took out over. Don't forget, I'm black and I'm gay. I mean, literally, that this is the world in which they live. They're woke. They're all about numbers. They're about quotas. And Don Lemon went on the air right after Chris Lick took over and said, I'm black and I'm gay. Like, don't forget, you know, Jeff Zucker, he's the one who who found me and put gave me this position, despite the fact that I am black and I'm gay, just in case I didn't mention I was. And um, he, he knew what he was doing. I mean, I'm not going to say he's smart, but in that instance, I, I he knew what he I was doing. I respect it. I, I respect it. And I think what Don Lemon should do with this new morning show is he should treat every single morning show uh, episode just like the New Year's, <laughs> new Year's Eve one. And have Anderson Cooper come on and get blackout drunk. Maybe we'll make morning mimosas with Don Lemon. You know, I'd watch. I'd watch for sure. Be a oh train wreck of your day. I'm Don Lemon. I'm black and gay and can't get fired. Can't get fired. It's like an hour of mayhem. Like that, he, he becomes, he becomes that, guy, that guy at work who's an hour and a half late every day. You know, just like daring people to fire him. <laughs> so what is they call they call that the soft quit? The soft quit. Yeah. Yeah. Quiet <laughs> quiet soft. quitting. Yeah. The quiet, quiet quitting. Yes. All right. Now, um, Don Lemon may actually want to quit after the exchange he had with this British scholar. I'll get her name so that we because we need to know this woman's name and actually book her very soon because she's amazing. He he picked the wrong guest to try to play the reparations card uh, with in discussing the British throne, British colonialism over the death of Queen Elizabeth II, right? So they had a discussion where Don raised that point and it went viral, not for the reasons Don would want. Watch. 
some people want to be paid back and uh, and members of the public are wondering why are we suffering when you are you know you have all of this vast wealth those are legitimate concerns well i think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it though what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain where was the beginning of the supply chain that was in africa and when that crossed the entire world when slavery was taking place which was the first nation in the world that abolished sla uh, slavery the first nation in the world to abolish it it was started by william wilberforce was the british in in great britain they abolished slavery 2000 naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery why because the african kings were rounding up their own people they had them on cages waiting in the beaches no one was running into africa to get them and I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say, who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages? Absolutely, that's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died at the, in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. <laughs> it's an interesting discussion, Hillary. Thank you very much, I appreciate it. <laughs> Well, that's an interesting discussion. <laughs> Pretty rare you hear facts on CNN. I think we gotta we gotta let you go. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for your input. It's, it's like four in the morning in London. She's bringing fire. Yeah. Outstanding work. She just fed him face first into a wood chip. I mean, amazing. <laughs> oh my god, Incredible. she was so earnest. Her name is Hillary Fordwich. She was so earnest and like so likable. And I'm sure he was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> I mean, honestly, that has to be an all-time best final appearance on CNN in history. Congratulations <laughs> for her going out in a blaze of glory like that. It's like there's a there's a film in theaters called The Woman King, right? Where where it's about you know this brave warrior woman in Africa who who, who fought and helped a king. What they what they said that they reimagined and don't cover in the story is that actually the tribe in Africa she was with was like the most prolific slave, slave traders yeah. in oh the history god. of Africa. Yes. Like, well, we left that out of the film to like reimagine it. It's like, oh my god. Like oh, the entire left is trying to reimagine our history. And then when when you have truth just like slap them in the face like that, they're like all right. Well, that's an interesting point. We're going to have to let you go. Thank you so much. Oh he, he had well, nothing. He, it's like his, all of his arguments are surface level. He never had anybody push back. So he was like, what? What? I mean, that's what? CNN. That's CNN. I, what, what I love about it was the part right at the top, Megan, where he says, you know, members of the public are wondering. And if you ever see that, it's always a nice little wink and nod because the, the media will insert itself into a discussion mm -hmm. that he wants to use to drive a narrative saying, yeah. People are saying or the you know, the the public demands. And in reality, it's just what that guy wants to talk about. Bingo. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, can it's I say I was on so um, I was on GB News a couple weeks ago and I was talking about that. People are pissed off about one of the massive diamonds in the crown jewels in, in the queen's crown. And they're like, we, we want that back. That needs to go back to India. That was the subject of plunder. They got that as a result of plunder, which is a fun word. I need to use that more often. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? Let's take a look. I'm sure there's a history. So you go back and to this woman's point that she was making. Um, I said on GB News a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, you know what? Let's go. Let's let's take a look. Let's see if this is a subject of plunder, whether India owes it or, or uh, Great Britain owes it back to India. Well, you will not be surprised to learn that before it was in India, it was in Afghanistan and it was in Iran. And both of their kings got murdered suddenly. And the diamond was suddenly in a new country. And um, so it's like murder, murder, murder. Diamond appears in the next new country. And then when India finally got it, by the way, it was Pakistan. So Pakistan is like, it's our diamond. If it's anybody's diamond, it's not 
India's done. So like, good luck trying to figure out who gets the damn diamond. But there is a contingency being like, give it back to India, you plunderers. People are just they, okay. Well, I mean, honestly, it, just make it like a Game of Thrones situation. If some king dies, it should be like a free for all, right? Like, if you can get the crown jewels out of there, yeah, it's yours. Yeah, it's yours. That's exactly I mean, right. Honestly, America's keepers. owed a lot of reparations at this point. How many times have we helped Britain out? <laughs> Whenever a monarch dies, it's time for everyone to be like, bills are due, time to pay. <laughs> okay, wait, we got to shift up north. Forget America. We got to go to Canada. Something crazy is happening up there, you guys. It's cray cray. I mean, especially even for Canada, it's cray cray. There is a man who teaches science. He's in the shop class. So I think he teaches he teaches shop. And now he is a she. Now he, it's a male to female transition. Now she is Kayla Lemieux. OK, we don't know what the the guy's name was when he was living as a man, which was recent. Um, so the shop teacher shows up now as a woman <clears throat> And OK, that's controversial enough. I'm sure students were like, well, he used to be a man, but now he's a woman. And um, this is what Kayla looks like in the shop class for the for the listening audience. I'm going to describe it. Oh, my God. <laughs> the most enormous <laughs> breast <laughs> prosthetics you've ever seen. I mean, she, this Kayla Meg, makes Megan. Dolly Parton look small. Megan, you, with, you with said nipples. Shop, shop class, nipples. shop, class. shop, shop. I mean, shop. That is a hazard around a circular <laughs> saw. <laughs> feels dangerous. We have a picture of that. Dangerous. Duncan, we have a picture of that. Look, look. Oh, no, yeah. no. Yes. Oh, She's right by the saw. There's I'm a saw joking. right there. The breasts are right there. <laughs> we have video. Boy, it's, not, it's, it's a little different from Norm Abrams, huh? Oh, my God. Who's Norm, is... Who's Norm Abrams? I can't be can't believe there's video of that. Boy, there's a couple of things the students will remember about that class, huh? Oh, oh my God, a couple of things. And for the <laughs> listening audience, at the so the breast prosthetics are so big, they're they're weighing down. They're down by like her belly. They're down by like the vag. They're they're way they're off the rib cage, and and the the nipples are like the Samantha nipples in Sex in the City when she was like, oh, this is a fun thing. You stick it on and it makes you look like all nipped out. And there's obviously fake. They're like way pointy. I mean, it's like two small plums at the end of two huge watermelons. <laughs> so and this terrible blonde wig with these huge black glasses. Just came I mean, the thing is, sweetheart, it, you need it's, help. It, it, it's horrific as an adult to see this. But then to keep in mind that this is something someone is doing around kids, right? That's At some point, I think it definitely goes from being a joke to being a crime. But we're now in a society where these are the people who are being protected. These, these people who are perpetrating this upon kids are, 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 are actually a victim and that they're who we have to look out for. And if you try to speak out against this and feel, hey, I think that's like completely inappropriate around children. Whoa, you're the bigot. Yeah, no, this is why they want kids to keep secrets from their parents because if they told their parents what they saw on a daily basis their parents i mean like, that's what the hell is going I mean, on like, here. what all happened during covid with parents on, seeing, like what zoom school is and they're like this is what the hell they're teaching my kid this is what my tax money is going towards like, just oh, imagine God. for a minute walking into the parent teacher conference and right. that and that comes at you she lay, oh she, she, lay, she lays those on the table you know no it's it's, it's, it's like, remarkable so you're right because we have to, to laugh about it but then we have to talk about how how effed up this is because it's deeply well, serious go ahead Duncan. Well, because it's it's borderline performance art right yes and our society now instead of looking at that and saying that is ridiculous now caters to it 
Mm-hmm. Right. And like, that's the thing is like, you know, 10 years ago, we would have all said, well, this is ridiculous. Of course, we, like she can't teach like that. But now you actually have to have a national discussion about how, you know, this is so important for her identity. I mean, those th- she looks like she has the Mrs. Doubtfire fat suit on. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's but only in one area. The progressive movement now, the, the you know, what progressive is, is moving from what was ridiculous yeah. and disgusting 10 years ago to acceptance. I mean, very quickly before our eyes, like the fact that uh, I, I've looked at this and they're saying that like the Canadian government will go after anyone who speaks ill of this individual. If you want yes. a clearly and ill why, individual why, themselves. And why is it always in schools? Like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Can't we just it's, do it's math so and like in shop class build a birdhouse or something, learn how to use a <laughs> circular saw, just do normal things? That's like, right. Why, why, why can't we do this in school? Like, why is it always in schools that these people are performing? Can't they? Can't they? Like, whatever happened? Like, isn't take there your some... fetish behind a closed exactly. door and do not go. shove it in my kid's face. For the record, they're Literally. standing behind her. Uh, the school is defending her, saying they recognize the rights of students, staff, parents, guardians and community members to equitable treatment without discrimination based on gender identity and gender expression. We strive to promote a positive learning environment in schools consistent with the values of whatever. And um, that's regardless of one's gender identity or gender expression, even though they have a dress code with respect to the students that specifically says you're not allowed to show your nipples. You can't expose or make visible genitals or nipples in particular. But if you're a trans teacher, nip it out as much as you want, because that's about human rights. It, it seems like a low bar to clear in the classroom, right? Like, don't expose your genitals. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, to be honest with you, like, like take this a step back to, to be like where we are as a society. Imagine if you're a dude who just teaches this class and you showed up in a banana hammock, right? Yeah. And you're like, hey, why the hell isn't everybody focused on the, the saw here? My, 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 my <laughs> banana hammock is none of your concern. It's just like, you know. That's what I assume I am. Disrespect it. I think all of us would come to the conclusion that that guy ought to be in jail, right? Yes. But like, <laughs> no, not the case when we deal with this sort well, of thing. That's story. a good point. This is a safety issue. I hadn't even considered that. The distraction of the children dealing with mechanical equipment and saws, like they should be looking at one thing and one thing only. Let me tell you this. Uh, Peter Bogosian, who I like, he's been on the show. He sent out this interesting tweet yesterday. He writes with this picture. Uh, Most people have strong moral impulses about whether this individual should be allowed to teach their children in a public school, but very few can construct a good argument why or why not. It's more difficult than you think. Try it. So the responses were epic. I'll just read you what I wrote. I wrote, no mentally well woman puts breasts of this size with her nipples popping out on display for children trying to learn. The fact that it's a trans person enamored with a new sex toy who wants to do a show and tell with minors makes it even worse and arguably misogynistic. See, not hard at all. And then they went on. Ricky Gervais had some amazing responses. I can't go through them all, but it's not hard. This is somebody who there's something wrong with this person. There's something wrong. Right. And I think I think what you're what, what is revealed in this, Megan, and in that question is back to what Ashbrook was saying earlier about why is this always in schools? You look at things like, you know, drag queen story yeah, hour exactly. or stuff like this in the school. And you, what you realize is that these this woke left sees the schools as the front lines in this battle for basically normalizing the outrageous 
about what they believe. And if they if they can get it done in the schools, then they can get it done in society because it's mm-hmm. not about accepting someone who's different than you sitting in a booth in the Red Lobster. Right. You know, it's never like a normal thing that normal people are doing and just not looking down on somebody because they're different. It's <laughs> the drag queen story hour is the most preposterous thing I've ever heard of. Like nobody does. <laughs> what child is asking for this? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> No one. I just want to build a birdhouse. (laughs) (laughs) I did a little mirror, a little framed mirror in shop, and I never had to look at anybody's junk. And I was thinking to myself, let's say this was a biological female, right, who's just big breasted or even who had enormous breast implants because that was her thing. Um, Okay, I could get over that if she weren't putting them like on display with like low cut blouses or dresses, the nipples take it next level. Like the nipples tell you there's something <laughs> wrong with this guy. He's trying to turn somebody on. He's probably turned on. Honestly, it probably turns him oh. on to rub his weird little fake nipples or to, to have people see them. It's a thing. There's a reason you stick those at the bottom of those huge watermelons and put them on display for a bunch <laughs> of children who are doing woodwork. So it's not the same as a woman who just happens to be well endowed or who likes big breasts. It's a man who's chosen to stick this obvious prosthetic on him and then and then make it extra, extra X-rated, which is weird. And I don't want him getting off near my kids and I don't want him getting the nipples near my kids. And I don't want to have to think about anybody's sexuality or boobs when my kid is in shop. I think it's very well taken. That's it. Also, That's let me right just there. let me just say as an aside, this is a conversation I never imagined having with Megan Kelly. I'll be, I'll be <laughs> guys. I, you, I almost led with you, this. Honestly, this is hear, almost my lead. Did you guys hear Megan say vag? I, <laughs> I did. I'm still reeling. <laughs> I think you made the best point of all is a safety issue. It should be shut down. So two days until a kid loses a finger on that saw. Yeah, don't they have OSHA in Canada? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I don't even know where to go from here. I feel like we've we've hit the apex. <laughs> what what do we possibly do to top this? <laughs> where is OSHA? That's a good point. Okay, here's why. Oh my god, I'm crying, laughing so hard. So here's why the Canadians are not cracking down. And Ms. Lemieux, okay? They're off doing other things. I'm still crying. Justin Trudeau was off at the Queen's funeral and not worried about this teacher, but worried about paying the proper homage, the proper tribute to the to the now deceased Queen. And he settled on this. Oh, 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 have you seen that? That's the first time I've seen that. That's humiliating. Freddie Mercury just rolled over in his grave. (laughs) He's upset. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about a disservice queen. It's uh, it it doesn't quite measure up to candle in the wind. horrifying no wait i know you guys got to go but i got to squeeze one other thing in joe biden went to the queen's funeral as well with our first lady doctor and um they were seated in like the nosebleeds we were like behind the czech republic like i think oh literally we might have been we were literally behind poland and we were one seat in front of czech republic and um it reminded me of this scene remember when trump so here he is he's walking in uh joe biden's walking in 
Remember when Trump went, I don't, was it the G, I can't remember what summit it was, but he, the leader of Montenegro was in front of him. It was NATO and uh, Trump did the following. Watch, we're going to show it in the, for the listening audience. It's Trump shoving the guy out of the way. Hold on, let's roll it. He's walk, Trump's walking up. He shoves him. It's <laughs> an all-time move right there. And then there we go. Yeah, fix the coat. That's alpha male behavior. You shove a nerd in a locker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, say it makes me miss Trump a little. People in locker. I mean, it's, it's, it's outrageous. <laughs> Give me your lunch money, Euro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Trump would have stayed back with the Czech Republic at the Queen's funeral. I think he would have like pulled a Meghan Markle, tried to get himself on camera and in the front right. as much as humanly possible. <laughs> <laughs> he probably operates much like he does on the golf course when he pulls the cart right under the green and yeah. steps out and putts. Like, I feel like he's got his own. Somebody will set up a chair right next to, next to the casket I, at that point. I think he would have set up trying to give the eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> next thing you know, he's a pallbearer. She lived an amazing life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know you guys got to go. I'm going to go spend some time thinking about that ocean remark. Ocean? <laughs> 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 that one got me, John. You guys are great. I love talking to you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Megan. Thank you. <laughs> And that goodness is available to all of you every day. Well, they don't post every day, but often at Ruthless, you got to download the show. Thanks for joining us today. God, we had some laughs, right? We covered the news, had some laughs. Tomorrow, we're going where precious few have gone. We're taking a deep dive into Ashley Biden's diary. The feds have now confirmed it's hers, but no one will touch it. Unlike all of President Trump's private information, Sarah Palin's private information. So we're going to take a look at what it says, and we're going to do it in a fair and honest way. We're going there. In the meantime, download the show on Apple, Pandora, Spotify, and Stitcher so you don't miss that. Also, go to YouTube.com slash Megyn Kelly because you really need to experience that segment we did with the pictures. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Megyn Kelly Show. No BS, no agenda, and no fear. Here you are. BPM's high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting you're working hard real hard and you're thirsty you need vitamins nutrients for peak performance and energy and your plants do too Aww. i mean just look at the little guy water soluble plant food from miracle grow is full of essential nutrients just a little scoop into your watering can and boom instant feeding and bigger more beautiful plants it's kind of like a sports drink for your plants you may have to suffer from heat but your plants do not the living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories but your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.